It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today's episode comes by request of our good friend, Karen Wilson. Shout out, Karen Wilson mm-hmm. and Todd Move Well Fitness. She actually had a question about antiverted hips, wanted us to discuss you know, how this plays into someone's movement patterns, squatting, that sort of thing. So what we figured is we would maybe turn this into a little of an overall squat assessment episode and, and maybe maybe dispel the myth that everyone that comes to the door needs to squat with their toes forward and their feet shoulder width apart. Yeah, I know. That's that's the biggest thing, too, man. Like uh, when you're coaching CrossFit classes, too, you go to your level one or you go to these other you know, these other resources that are out there, too, um, that kind of essentially try to take every person and fit them into one squat pattern and, and something that they deem ideal or correct when when realistically, when you hopefully this would be a little bit common sense, but we're all built so different. We can't all squat the exact same. You know, you co- coach in CrossFit class, you might have somebody that's five feet tall, you might have somebody that's six five, somebody that's got really long torso or somebody that's got really long femurs. And it's just not going to work if we try to have everybody squat the exact same way. And, and while that it hopefully will make sense when you think of it that way, there's still a lot of people that are preaching like oh things like toes have to be forward or or whatever it needs to be whatever that is a certain squat width uh, that's correct and and so hopefully we can kind of touch on some things that uh, you know maybe how we figure out what's more of the ideal position for that person versus trying to take them and put them into an ideal position absolutely and just like anything else try to keep it as simple as possible make yeah. it make sense to to the, the coach and the patient or the client as, yeah. long, as long as you go but real quickly we got to give a shout out to amy DePelto, dr yeah. amy it's her birthday today happy, happy birthday, birthday amy yes yeah, so, yeah it's awesome right, this, cool. uh, this is a big month for birthdays and i think mm-hmm. we'll probably mar uh, our other one of our other colleagues dr mara uh Argarillo, also will have a birthday before our next episode so we, we're lucky vertex birthday central around yeah, here they're, they're a little picky about their treats but oh, I know. Some, I know. And who who likes mint ice cream? Yeah, man? for it's real. Like eating gross. Toothpaste, bro. Yeah, wash it down with a glass of orange juice. I know. Sure. Gross, dude. <laughs> and then we got to talk about Friday, dude. We, oh, Light, oh light time Last Friday, yeah, you we want to talk about We flew on a Blackhawk. We so flew we, on a freaking Blackhawk. <laughs> we got this this opportunity. Shout out to, to Dan Cobb, long-time yeah. friend of ours. Call him Uncle Dan around here. But mm-hmm. uh, he he if, if you're from this Columbia era, Dan's been around the HR world for his entire career before he retired. And through the ESGR, which is the Employer Support of the Guard and Reserve, 
we got to fly on a Black Hawk on Friday. Dude, so so McIntyre cool. McIntyre Joint National Reserve Base. It was it was freaking awesome, right? The whole day. Oh, it was so crazy. They took they took such good care of us too. Everything from from having you know breakfast food and lunch food to getting to have to tour everything to getting to test out you know military grade night vision goggles to getting sweet. in the Apache simulator. I got to shoot a freaking tank with a Hellfire <laughs> in an Apache simulator. It was like and and spoiler also to you, my Call of Duty skills did not translate. So um, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> it's a little more sensitive than that PlayStation 4 controller. Whole, whole day was great, and just how weird the world's been the last year and a half. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how refreshing it was to hear soldiers talk about killing terrorists again. It's been so mm-hmm. long. It took me back to my college days, man. But I, I loved it. So good experience. If you ever get the opportunity to that, definitely take advantage of that. Block your schedule off. It's, it's it was that was a, so cool. Yeah, that was awesome, man. And it made me think if I had done that in high school, I would have a wholly different, totally different career now. I would, I would sure. be the helicopter pilot or something. So, it would have been so cool. Yeah, when you were actually when you were in the trailer doing the flight simulator. Yeah. We're actually outside talking to one of the guys, and he was like, "We're trying to push out community, push out community." He's like, "What, what advice?" Have? I was like, "Get, get to the younger people." I was like, mm-hmm. "Seriously, like, if I would have had this when I was a teenager, I probably wouldn't be a PT right now. Yeah, I'd probably I be know. at least trying so, to be a pilot." I know. Like, so I was cool like, "You got to catch them young, because now I got, you know, kids and bills and stuff like that. It's just not feasible, but it's." Amazing! It was so fun. Yeah, shout out to yeah. Uncle Dan for the, for hooking us up, and, and it was so much fun. But you know, the whole point of it was to to continue to acknowledge that uh, you know, guardists and reservists are. are, are oftentimes such a great addition to your company because mm-hmm. of all of the different skills and things that they've developed while serving our country. And then also too, it's like they're not able to do what they do unless they have really supportive employers too. And so we're, we're honored to have been a part of some the lives of some of the individuals that, you know, have worked for us and also have been you know, a part of the guard or the reserve and will continue to hopefully support that community as best for we sure. can. And if your employer, you know, it's important for, the soldiers who are your employees to have some assurance and some comfort yeah. that, that they know that their job is secure. Now, law does require that, but nonetheless, we all know the horror stories about how employers will sometimes... For it, sure. You know, yeah. But also, too, thing, it's like right? when, when, you, when you show them as much support as you can for that, too, it's like those those individuals work extremely hard already, but yep. they're they're going to have even more of an appreciation and bring even more value to your company. And, it, it, yeah, the skills they get in the military translate so well into the civilian world. Yeah, so that was, that was such a fun day, too, but that was kind of the main point of it is to continue mm-hmm. to kind of push the, the any kind of stigma around that of like not hiring those people because they are going to have other commitments. Like, no, those are the type of people you want in your mm-hmm. company. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and blast it all over social media too. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's cool to hire military. It is. It's cool. <laughs> so speaking of cool, all right, this is the segue here. So we, we were talking, all right, get back to the squad assessment. Yeah. I know I've had several conversations over the years when I assess someone's squat and I give them a recommendation for, here's what you need to do. I would suggest maybe we go a little more narrow, a little more wide, toes in, toes out, that kind of thing. And sometimes it'll go back to, but but Kelly Starrett, but Supple Leopard told me that I need to have my toes forward and my knees out. And I love Kelly Starrett. I say it all the time. I think yeah. he's who made PT cool. Places like Vertex might not exist if it wasn't for him. For sure. He came along and did stuff. And he actually sponsored our fitness physio competition yeah, one yeah. events last year and gave a really sweet prize. So we appreciate Kelly. But... This is one thing that I strongly disagree with. I, right. I do think that there are going to be highly individual differences, if not for nothing, just based off of their anatomy. For and, sure. And if it's a bony anatomy issue, you're not going to be able to mobilize your way out of that. So yeah. where do we begin with yeah. this? Yeah, well, first I think to just to answer kind of and to clarify some terminology here, because the question from, from Karen was about uh, antiverted hips or antiversion, um, which is a, basically an inward rotation of the hips a little bit in terms of their femurs are going to be a little more internally rotated versus retro 
version, which would be the opposite, would be a little bit wider and going out and, a little bit further. And usually, you know, right off the bat when someone comes in because they're antiverted, they are going to be pigeon toed. That's the layman's term for that. Yep. And if they are retroverted, they're going to be duck footed. Right. Yep. So, so that's those. Those are the terms that that just in case anybody was was unaware of that. But um, when in terms of uh, where do we begin? Number one, if the ear, say they're coming in, if they're coming to see us for PT, there's probably some some else issue going on. But if their irritability is low enough to where I can't actually watch them squat, I'm going to see what they adopt naturally. I just want to see what happens um, and, and see where do they put their feet from a width standpoint, from a angle like the angle of their their toes. Where do their knees track relative to their toes? Um, what's their torso position? How do they initiate the squat? Are they sitting more back? Are they trying to stay upright? Um, is there do they are they able to maintain a fairly neutral spinal position throughout the movement? Do we see any change throughout the movement? Where do their knees track forward as they're going down? Because yes, spoiler word again, your knees can go over your toes and mm-hmm. probably should. Uh, dep- again, if, if depending on the scenario, but uh, you know, it's definitely another myth that we'll probably have to get into. Uh, but big thing is, I'm looking at just what do they got first, right? You know? And and one one quick thing with that too is if you have the option to look at it loaded versus unloaded look at mm-hmm. both a lot of times if they yeah. have a video on their phone which it's a good thing to do film your lifts especially when they're heavy ones that's going to look completely different than having to For do sure. an air squat so yeah. um, definitely take that into account if you can yeah and that's where like the irritability of what they're presenting with um a you know, it, it, that's going to help determine on how far I can get into that, right? If it's somebody that comes in like, yeah, anytime I squat over 225, my knee starts to hurt. Well, that means I can still look at a squat pretty much all the way up until 225 if I wanted to, right? I can get them with a the barbell on 135, 185 even potentially to see what it looks like because, you know, I already know from this what they're telling me that they're a fairly low irritability. They can put, they can actually push that load. So I'm actually going to look at it loaded versus somebody that comes in and it's like, man, I can't even, I, I stand up out of a chair right now. My He's bothering me. And if they're not able to do that, maybe I'm still able to test unloaded, might not be able to load it yet. But like you mentioned, if they're coming to us from a CrossFit gym or some other places where we get a lot of people, they have videos. I want to see what it looks like. Um, I want to see if we can, you know, differentiate a little bit too. Are there changes from loaded to unloaded too? Because that's the main thing. It's like, are they able to maintain similar positioning once they add load? So Mm -hmm. uh, a big part of it is just seeing what they got to start before I start breaking out anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I do think though that there, there are some cases where sometimes people will come in and might be set up a little funky, walking a little funky, and so I do tend to still start with the ankles. Mm-hmm. Right? I just want to clear that, make sure. So we've done a whole episode about ankle assessment in the past. Yeah. It's, I can't remember what number I have to go back and look, but yeah, yeah. check it. All, all the 3D kinematics. So I don't just do your ankle dorsiflexion test. Everybody knows that. My six-year-old daughter knows that. But also check out tibial internal rotation, lateral tibial guide. Make sure you assess all those different things. Everything checks out then. Knees are so easy to screen out, right? Mm-hmm. It's essentially, yeah. you know, can you can you get your, your hamstrings to your calves or calves to your hamstrings? Yep. You're probably going to be good to go as far as that's concerned. But then the hips, let's that's take a little time we'll let's talk about that. Bit. And that's how we can start to tease out some of this retroverted, antiverted type of stuff. And we'll talk about some other things as well, too. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, I, what, what test do you like to look at? Antiverted, retroverted. Do you like that that Craig's test? Yeah, I, honestly, for me, like I'm not, I'm not really trying to assess like the angle of antiversion or angle of retroversion. For me, if I'm doing it, especially related to the squat, squat, is I'm going to take them up into as much like true flexion as they have, like meaning like act, like actually straightforward and seeing where do they run out of room and also what are symptoms there. And then I'm going to move a little bit further out and assess: do they have more motion? Do they have? Is it change their symptoms? Move a little bit further out. And I'm kind of just going to figure out where along that. Uh, I guess that continuum of motion in terms of how abducted they are while I'm taking them into flexion to determine, you know, 
how about how wide they probably need to be squatting because that for me it's you know people might come in with a super narrow squat stance and I'm going up and I put them into flexion pretty much like straight on and symptoms come on and then you move them a little bit over out into a little bit more abduction then take them into flexion and they have so much more motion and their symptoms are, are uh, you know lessened or decreased there so uh, that I'm kind of just using that to kind of just assess general where like at what angle does then that flexion feel better um, mm-hmm. versus like you know like the classic test we learned to us to try to get like a true measurement of how much anniversion they have yeah and and so the, the what you started with I think you were describing a little more of like the hip scour not the one we use to assess labral pathology right, right, the right. one so so just to elaborate on that it's seeing where they have enough room. So what you have to do is you basically bring, you know, aim their knee maybe towards the outside of their shoulder, maybe aim it towards their armpit, maybe towards their chest and see which angle gives you the most hip flexion. So yeah. for example, if we use the outside of the shoulder, that means they're going to probably setting up more in a wider stance. Yep. And if they're, you know, if you kind of aim that knee maybe towards the armpit, then they're probably have more room with a narrow stance, right? And right. then, and then that Craig's test is very subjective in my opinion. Right. And the way that works, but by the way, both of these can be really nice for the patients to see and feel what's going right, on, right, too. Right. So uh, you, you don't always have to put a number on that. You can basically, for that, you have them lay on their belly. You start with both legs straight, and you'll bend one knee to 90. You'll take your hand, and you'll put it on the greater trochanter. So that's that bump that you feel mm-hmm. on the outside of your hip whenever you kind of roll your leg in and out. And essentially what you do is you just play around with it. You roll their leg in and out, so that's going into a little bit of hip internal external rotation. And wherever you feel that bump sticks out the most, you straighten the knee out, and that's where you should quickly be able to see whether or not that foot turns in or turns out significantly. So yeah. if it turns in, what that means is like how Josh defined that we have that antiverted hip and then vice versa. And mm-hmm. so if that's the case, you ain't going to be able to change that very much. And usually right. you can go back and you can determine that by just doing a simple range of motion assessment, looking at hip internal versus external rotation. Yep. I think the total amount, you're looking for like 80 degrees-ish total. Yep. So I think like a tech switch where I tell you most people where you want to have, you know, well, I, I, I lied, you're going to have more than 80 total. Mm-hmm. But normal range is to be able to squat. You're probably going to have at least 45 degrees for external rotation and then, you know, 35 for internal rotation is both right. are important. But then like, you know, for people with that have retroverted hips, those, those, those feet that, that turn out significantly, they probably have like a, something like a, like a 70 degrees of external rotation, mm-hmm. maybe like a, like a 10 of internal. Then the, the vice versa, right? If you have an antiverted hip, they might have something like a, you know, 60 degrees of internal rotation, maybe like 20 to 30 external rotation, something like that. Yeah. You see all kinds of weird stuff, but you know, that's the thing where you're not going to be able to change it very much. And if you get in there and you say you have somebody who's pigeon-toed, their antiverted mm-hmm. hips turn in, and you give them some type of aggressive banded pigeon pose mobilization, that is going to piss their hip off so much, and then you lose because now they can't squat right. at all. So that's a very, very important thing to consider because you are not going to be able to change someone's bony anatomy if that's a contributing yeah. factor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that, um, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I probably don't pull the Craig's test out too, too often for me. A lot of times it's more of like, I'm just, I'm, I'm tinkering. I'm trying a little bit of this, I'm trying a little bit of that and trying to figure out what ends up being comfortable. And then, mm-hmm. and, and ultimately that's a big part of it is, is I won't, Rather than trying to have it look a certain way, for me, number one, I want to make sure we can find a, a stance that allows them to be comfortable, as comfortable as they can be, and then also, do they meet certain principles? Because I would say there are certain principles that I'm trying to ensure happen within the squat, regardless of how wide the foot position is, how much the toe turns out, or whatever. Um, and, and for me, that, that's making sure that they can maintain a, a flat foot 
throughout the entire squat. Um, so that way they're not, they're not coming up onto their toes or shifting too far back into their heels. It should be nice and flat and weight should be pretty evenly distributed there. Um, their knees are tracking with their toes with however wide or turned out their toes are. So if their toes are turned out a little bit more, then they might have to have a slightly wider knee or their knee might have to track a little bit wider to be in conjunction with those toes. Um, I want to make sure that it can, you know, whatever stance allows us to descend two below parallel without breaking those two other rules there where your knee position changes or their foot position changes to where they are you know coming up heel coming up or they're having to roll in to find more ankle range of motion uh, and, and then what does that do to their torso position so playing around a lot of times uh, you know i'll find people will have uh, you know a really forward inclined torso or rounding of the lower back when they start to get lower uh, when they have that lower stand lower or their narrow stance and they start widening them out a little bit and all of a sudden they can sit a little bit more upright they can maintain a better back position through it and so I'm trying to figure out what position allows them to hit those main points. And then whatever it looks like is whatever it looks like. That's 10 degrees of toe out. That's 20 degrees of toe out. You know, I really don't care that much as long as they're maintaining those other things. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. So question for you. If you got somebody who is extremely retroverted, those feet turn way out. Mm -hmm. Are they going to be built to be powerlifters? Kind of get that wide sumo stance. Yeah, there's uh, that, there's that probably some performance. Uh, you know, it's it's well, it's like every sport. You know, regardless, it's like CrossFit, right? CrossFit. Mm -hmm. If you are shorter and stockier, it probably plays a little bit better considering the sport than mm -hmm. if you're a little bit longer, taller, leaner, lankier. Um, same thing with powerlifting. There's probably going to be a, a more ideal anatomic uh, variations for each sport. So yeah, if you have a little bit of that that more retroverted hip, allows you to get a little bit wider, shortens that range of motion makes it more comfortable to be that wide with things like a low bar squat or if you're going to pull sumo off the floor there probably is going to be a competitive advantage yeah. there what about the opposite of that can somebody who's extremely antiverted be a successful squatter how are they going to compensate for that who's going to throw some lifters on yeah get after <laughs> you know that the lift, lifters are there for a reason uh, yep. you know um yeah it's it's again it's one of those things that are probably i bet you could find some high level power lifters that are that are antiverted I, i'm sure there's 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 examples out there too and it just it might make it a little bit more difficult for somebody potentially or but uh you know i, I wouldn't say that like oh you're antiverted you're never gonna be a good power lifter i mean there's so many other variables mm -hmm. as far of it but they're just like anything i think there are probably some anatomic variations that help you for a certain type of sport you know mm -hmm. so people they say he's built to do that right or somebody's built to do something I'm built different yeah yeah that's um, what, that's what <laughs> like, the rappers i'm built different i'm built different <laughs> um but the uh, i do think there's probably some some performance benefits to being built a certain way if it relates better to the positions required for that specific sport yeah, for, sure. for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think about people I have on my case. So in the past, who are antiverted, and usually we have some success throwing their heels up on some plates, and then yeah, for if, sure. if that significantly improves it. Then go ahead and buy you some lifters. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing too. People look at like lifters as such a crutch, and I think um, yeah, it would be great to find a very comfortable squat position without. Uh, without the use of lifters if we can but as long you know, as you get them likes yeah. on instagram mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. whatever <laughs> but, it takes but but you know again those that might be what's necessary to maintain all those other positions that doesn't mean we're not working on maybe range of motion at the ankle or something like that to mm -hmm. eventually maybe be able to achieve a good sound squat position without lifters but to 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 just say no i'm not going to squat with any any lifters or any quote-unquote gear there like mm -hmm. 
put the lifters on, man, you know, and get in a better position. Your your knees, hips, and lower back are probably gonna help you and you're gonna end up being able to continue to build, you know, leg strength over time. And then we'll keep working on the ankles too. Yeah, don't be a purist. <laughs> yeah, um, man, oh man, that conversation came up again this weekend on uh, power in the powerlifting world with gear and, and you know, raw versus uh, geared squatting. Oh, this, is at, this is at your company? Oh yeah, no, yeah, afterwards. You know, okay. after, the nice thing about these biotemporary courses is when they're in Columbia, we get to go back to Donnie's and go back mm-hmm. to the, 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 the gym there. And so, then there's you know the drinking, drinking cigars and and talking about you know things that things that people don't like about the powerlifting world. That's basically the the the, the topic of convo. <laughs> so what's the general consensus? Are we embracing gear nowadays? It, it for it's two different sports. It's like try, you know, why nobody in the Olympics compares a high jumper to a pole vaulter, right? They're still measured in the height of a bar they clear, but it's very clear they're not the same sport, right? Yeah. It's the same kind of thing as my mind from gear and no gear. It's it's a different sport. One uses equipment in which you have to learn how to use the equipment. You know, you throw on a, a squat suit, you're not all of a sudden just going to be able to squat four, 400 pounds more than what you can brawl, right? It, there's gear that you have to learn how it works and how to use it. And there's still an underlying base of strength and athleticism that has to be developed too. Uh, and, and so I, I don't look at the, I don't look at them as as the same sport and compare one's better than the right. other. You know, it, no, no. Maybe you got that insider me. information. And just just to explain to the listeners too. So we talk about squat suit. That's I think I think a lot of people are familiar with the bench shirts. Yeah. yeah. But squat suit is essentially like a bench shirt for your for yeah. your hips. For sure. Essentially, to be able to squat, it'll assist you in the lift. Yeah, for sure. But it, it, how much assistance you get from it is how well you know how to use it. Like right. asking. In a high jumper, take this pole and and now jump over 14 feet. You mm-hmm. know, instead of you know the seven or eight or whatever you'd be doing out there. It's like, yeah, just use this pole now. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to learn how to actually use the equipment and use it to your advantage. And yep. then maybe your athleticism that you already have developed could then take you to these different heights. But yep. it's the same thing with gear powerlifting. you got to learn how to use the suit and learn how to use the gear to be able to actually compete at that level. It's all good, man. We like a little bit of that controversy, a little bit yeah. of drama. That makes it interesting, right? It does I, think, I think some people also just get a dopamine hit off a complaint about something. So if, you, sure. could, if you could just level the playing field and get rid of all the gear, there'd be something else people would Yeah, oh, for sure. That's, 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 that's our society right now. But well, good news yeah. is you forget about it in two days, too because I have a short attention span. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding, dude. So anything else you got? We got any other dates coming up? You just got off a course. Uh, yeah, we got another around? one in, uh, in Dallas in uh, uh, December, December 4th, I believe, at Michael Johnson Performance in Dallas. Be cool. Ooh, That's the next one. Michael Johnson uh, Shoes? I'm going to that one because um, I think uh, – Tim and Tony are, are going to that okay. one with Donnie. I have it. I don't. I'm not sure if I'm going yet. Uh, got to got to balance it, man. I got to go out of town for my sister's wedding the weekend before, and yeah. you know, I think uh, so. I'm not 100 sure if I'll be at that one, but uh, it's going to be a good course. Sounds like way. a dope facility, though, for sure. Oh, it's going to be super cool, yep. man. There, you look at their Instagram; it's like it's mm-hmm. impressive, and the mm-hmm. athletes that they have running through that place are impressive yep. as well. Good, good. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, yeah, I got nothing. I got no courses coming up soon, but maybe maybe a couple a couple things we'll we'll start brewing up for 2022 here soon. And uh, sure. we we did mention we did bring up Fitness Physio, so we probably need to look at getting those going now that mm-hmm. oh, most of the cities are opened up. Now we can maybe yeah, no, plan we on got doing tough timing last time. All the yeah, were closing down. In the yeah, middle event, of the event five, event five, things shut down. And a lot of people couldn't do it, but I don't think yeah. it made a difference with the winter. No, you know Kelly and Garrett were pretty far ahead. <laughs> yeah, felt like yeah, for they sure, were they were sure. crushing it. No. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the contention to win it again. Well, be on the lookout. We might we might drop an event for y'all and give you a little sneak peek here in the yeah, next month. We'll or two. do something. All right. This is Better Faster Podcast. We're out. Give me the range and let me run. Cause I ain't never had too much fun. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. 
one patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.